Okay, welcome everybody. It is Wednesday night, Sci-Fi Distilled. Welcome Mary Beth as usual, and a very special welcome to Pat Tallman for joining us. Really Thank can't you. show my appreciation enough for coming on our show. Uh, we've had a lot of a lot of guys. People are very excited about this. So. Oh, that's so nice. It was a great feedback. So I so just try I'm to get our. I'm um, pull up the yep. chat. You may that's hear us in the background. Up. Yeah, I got uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, guys. Shut up, Mike. <laughs> now I'm about to do the same thing. <laughs> there you go. There okay. we go. Okay. So look, we already got Bruce and Roy already on, and, and Sue and John. Uh, so thanks for joining us, guys. Already getting a bunch of people out. Wow, 13 already viewing. Super. Excellent. So welcome. And, and boy, you've had such a – I was looking at your, your, your career, and you've done so many things. I I have been really <laughs> blessed. I've been really blessed. Honestly, yeah. it's you know, it's such a it's like winning the lottery getting a job. It's it's so remote and random. But then yeah, then I've gotten some jobs that were on these wonderful shows kind of strangely some of them went iconic or you know, just it's you never know. No, you know, you never, never know, know when right. you're on a show that it's going to do anything special. I, we didn't know Jurassic Park was Jurassic Park. We didn't even right. know that. You know, right. it's like you do this these movies and you just do the best you can. And, you know, OK. I mean, honestly, Spielberg was directing and our, our stunt coordinator had uh, a bag. And in the bag, he would have matchbox cars and little mini, you know, dinosaur toys. And then he'd say, OK, Pat, you're going to be in the Jeep and here and it'd take a matchbox car. And then he hears dinosaur grr, arg, and the t-rex <laughs> is chasing you and this you know that's how that's what we were doing right we weren't doing jurassic park we had never seen anything like that right right and that was such it was such an iconic movie um because of the, the visual effects and stuff that came out of there that yeah. we all saw you know i remember seeing that in was it 92 93 when it came out yeah we're talking the original one kids yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> a long one. time we ago. did do that we just did that on our show we did a whole month yeah, on spielberg movies no um and awesome. and that was of course of course one of our flagship with et and we did the goonies even though he didn't direct it but he, he yeah but he wrote it, it and, so, yeah. oh yeah and stuff like that so do, do you have a favorite out of all the roles that you've played is there anyone that kind of says this was my favorite character to play or i'd love to do more with that character or Wow, there's you know I'm I'm so grateful for anything I've gotten to do, but the uh, one of the things I loved about doing Barbara and Night of the Living Dead was she was kind of I'd always wanted to be an action hero, but I always I also really I loved I loved like the normal everyday person becoming like a hero of some sort. To me, that any kind of story that followed that just wins my heart because that feels like any of us could be a hero in something, you know, in life. And, and, and Babs did that. And, you know, not right. really dead. she starts off with maybe a school teacher type person. And in the end, she's, you know, shooting zombies in the head. So, yeah. right. So, well, you definitely, ba you definitely improved on the 1968 version exactly of the same character. That's exactly what I was going to say. It was a huge <laughs> upgrade from the, the, from the first right, version. Right, which was kind of a scream queen it's, in 1968. Thank you, George. Thank you. <laughs> on, a personal, on a personal note, can I just say, I love the moment when, uh, the guys were fighting about something. I think a gun. I'm not sure. Yeah. And it was your character who's basically said, um, "Guys, they're not moving that quickly. We could probably." Yeah, right. And we I'm like, "Isn't it right just all the best for the girl? Like, of course a girl would notice that. Yeah. Girl power. So, yeah. is that was that like a moment that you thought of, or was it in the script, or was it something that George you know, Romero that, came up with? Or? I didn't change any lines ever. Uh, uh, what, but what George did say to me afterwards, uh, like at lunch the next day or something, he said, I was watching the dailies and he said, you know, I, I didn't see the scene that way, but I see why you played it that way because they were so out there and emotional. Yeah. And you're yeah. just going, we can rock right by him, you know, he's, Exactly. Come on. It was so a he, great moment. It was such thought, a great moment. He was seeing a different thing. And then the, what happens on the set is a different thing. And that's kind of just how, how movies and television happen. You know, the writers are brilliant. But what they come up with sometimes is so different than what ends up on the screen because yeah. of the chemistry in the room. And you can't predict that shit. You know, you could cast something, you can write something, and you and they come out in the movies kind of like, okay. It's all right. It's nothing special. But then something, another movie, and you think it's it's just a, a budget, whatever, but you've got these people that gel. 
on the set and they get along with the director and they they just this magic it's really fairy dust what happens wow that and chemistry that's, happens you, know, you got to work with tony todd on that did you yeah. right. tony todd was in again that. in deep space nine or no he didn't do that much. i didn't work with him on deep space nine but we've yeah. seen each other a bunch of times yeah over the years and we you know we just uh, he's like my big brother. I just love big because he's tall. I might be older. I don't even know, but I just think he's amazing and I love him very much. He's yeah, a he's, he's a great actor. I love he's you know great actor. Deep Space Nine. Um, oh, you know, yeah, so he, good. He's just great uh, as the characters. So uh, that that's that's good. It's interesting that um, and that, that I'm sorry, Mary, but help me out because I was oh, no, I had fine. a thought I and wanna, I lost. It's, Oh, I just that happens say, all the time. Every, so many people are saying hi. They're saying yeah, let's, amazing. Let's we got some we have people saying hello already. from Texas. Hello from all over the place. Um, John and Sue, uh, John and Sue are actually asking, um, Sue part of John and Sue, because I know, are asking uh, for stories about working with Walter Koenig. Oh, Walter. Yeah. Walter's yeah. hilarious. First of all, another wonderful actor. Yeah, as you guys know, I mean, you know, yeah. we've loved him for decades and decades he's such a wonderful actor and he was uh, uh always a, a, to me a really sweet guy he is a practical joker you probably know that about him oh no i'm seeing your no, face i didn't oh. know that no i oh. met him i met him and i did not get that from him Holy shit. <laughs> let me just he, say he came to the set so i don't know if you remember when i met you before i said Oh, Mary Beth freezes every once in a while. Oh, I'm one of the many volunteers from the Star Trek set for, and <laughs> yeah. he has been up to the set for. Um, oh, am I back? Let me know. You're am back. I back? Yeah, you're back. Am I alive again? Yeah, you're fine. I'm back. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sorry, I was saying uh, we Rizzo and I are both volunteers from the Star Trek set for, and we have met Miss, uh, Mr. Walter up there at the set for. Um, but no, neither of us thought he was a joker at all. Let me tell you something, and I think uh, I think that I am the perfect foil because uh -uh. I never get it. I never catch it. He has played so many practical jokes, but what he does is it's not, he's not a prop guy. He's a story guy. So what I mean by this is the practical joke isn't about something he's bringing with him or a trick he's playing with on me. It's, it's, he, he tells these wonderful stories and I'm like, oh, really? what no did that oh and i'm completely fooled and then later and then the and then the you know the curtain falls so for example we were on a, an airplane we're sitting next to each other we are flying to do a convention uh, and we've got a couple hours on the plane so we're quiet and then we start talking and finally walter just sort of says so you i since you're doing this you probably know all about dave then right and he goes back to reading his book, you know, and I'm like, no, what, what about Dave? <laughs> I've never met Dave. And he goes, oh, you ever met Dave? Okay. Well, let's just say you shouldn't mention it. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> He's just tingling, like Walter, what do you mean? I shouldn't mention it. You better tell me because I don't want to, you know, get off on the wrong foot. He goes, oh no, you wouldn't just get off on the wrong foot. You would, you know, he would hate you for the rest of your I mean it would make the whole weekend terrible if you said something wrong okay so maybe I better tell you you know and then he starts to just spin this yarn if you will that over hours and he'll and then he's back to you know and I finally say you know Walter when you said that thing was it you know I, I uh and I'll ask him more and he'll just elaborate more and finally what was coming out was that evidently Dave who is the the guy that puts together this show and I don't want to you know I want to be polite I want to get along with everybody and he said he's got a disfigurement on his face and you really should not stare he's so sensitive and I'm like oh oh yeah of course I don't want to you know I mean, no, who would? Nobody wants to upset anybody. And and so, but he spins this story out over, you know, two and a half, three hours. So by the time we land and we get our bags and we're walking to meet to to where we're getting picked up, um, I am like sweating because I am so worried about making a first impression on this man whose face I'm expecting to scare the living shit out of me now because. <laughs> 
he's saying this stuff is on his face and half his face is normal, but the other half is like he was burned and thing and there's wet oozes and it's oh my god, okay, all right, all right. Oh I hope I'm not hope I won't embarrass oh and I should and he goes He's like, you know, Dave's picking us up, so you better not. I know, I know, I got it, I got it. Show up, of course, he walks up. He's a very handsome man. And I'm looking at him like, you know. What's wrong with you? You're like, like I'm staring because he's a completely normal, handsome man. And it's slowly registering that I just was played. Somebody played you. And, Scott, and Dave just looks at me and he goes, what did he tell you about me? Because <laughs> he's, you know. Famous for this shit. That's just oh, one that's of the Walters. Awesome. So, but he would do this to me on the set. He would set me up with some kind of thing, and I would just fall into it every single time. Every yeah. single time. That's he, awesome. He was he was so great as Bester. Um, you know, I was a big fan at the time, and I was grew up as a Star Trek fan, so I knew Walter obviously um, from 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 Star Trek. But then we saw him in Babylon Five, and and kind of saw a completely different character obviously than than sure. Chekhov and yeah. and I wonder I think we saw more of Walter in Bester than Bester. we did in Chekhov Absolutely <laughs> Oh know. I agree I completely agree Yeah <laughs> So but he did such a great cuz you you know you can always know it's a, somebody's doing a good job acting is like especially if if it's their bad character and as somebody watching the show you hate them <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he's you know, been oh, And I and in back of my head I'm like, that just shows what a great what a great actor they are. You know, that I know they're not really that person, you know. There's just but you know, you just hate And them. you love them. We we wanna yeah. have a great You love villain. to hate them. Yes. You love to hate them. So, it, so it, speaking it, of Babylon, um Daniel Meyer had a question and Rizzo, you had a very similar question. Let me pull up Daniel's question. And while I am pulling that up, Jan says hello from Brittany, France. Bruce oh. says hello from Ottawa. Claire and Nick both say hi from the UK. You've got UK, folks yeah. from all over the place I tonight. love it. Daniel love it. wants thanks, to know. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Yes, thank, thank you all you. for joining us. Daniel Myers wants to know, uh, your character in Babylon, Lita, uh, he feels was treated pretty badly by the B5 crew, mm -hmm. by by her contemporaries on this on the station. by the end, And he felt that Lita deserved better. Oh, you feel about your character's resolution? Oh, oh, I love. Well, if you mean Daniel, if you mean like the full resolution where I am actually leaving with Shakar, isn't that the best? To me, that's yes. the best revenge is I get the best character to leave with the best character ever. So, I mean, Shakar was such a fantastic character. And, and uh, we did an outtake where um, we're walking where Lita and Shakar, you see him from the back. They're, they're walking through. The, the station, which is, we are now on a, on a load a loading bay of the station. So there's boxes and stuff and they're walking towards their ship where it's docked. And um, Andreas Katsoulis just kind of reached around and grabbed my ass. Of course, we didn't <laughs> use that shot. I, but, I feel like I remember the scene, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're you just know, that, like, oh yeah. But that, that was one of the things that was so great about that show was the story, the base of the character arc with, with Jakar and, and Londo. Yeah. You know, that whole how they oh. changed over the course of that series um, was great. And they were yeah. obviously they're such good characters and ended up, hate, you know, the, the love hate relationship yeah. that they had through the yeah. whole thing. Uh, and two yeah. great actors really that played them. They played both exactly. played those 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 characters brilliantly. So yeah. that must have been a lot of fun to, to work. Yeah. Beauty. And they're great people. Just great people. Yeah, absolutely. Bruce followed up and said it made him disappointed in the other characters the way they treated Lita. Oh so, yeah, 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 yeah. Lita, it was odd to writing. me too. Yeah, it is good writing, it, but it it was odd that um, they all were uh, totally willing to throw Lita under the bus. And so, and what I take from this, this is um, this is not just me, but uh, meaning that this, there, you know, we all had major discussions about our characters with uh, Joe or who, uh, our producer, our writer, creator, and. Uh, Lita was treated like a like a minority, you know, not only a woman, but it just as a telepath, they were thought less of. People didn't like telepaths. They were a lesser race, you know. They were not trustworthy, you know. There are all kinds of conspiracy theories about telepaths, and and so yeah, Lita got through just treated pretty badly, like the the underlying racism, if you will, of a character. Yeah. Great. Yeah. 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 Great it was writing. really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Great. Right. Yeah. Great yeah. parallels. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Now, did but you? She do... had the last laugh. She was so powerful at the end. Uh, yeah, getting to leave with that. You didn't do any stunts on that show. There really wasn't. I'm trying to think of trying to go through yeah, that. Yeah, I I did have a stunt double though because they did have. I, I mean, I'm happy to give somebody else a job. I'm happy not <laughs> to take a fall. And there was a time when I was supposed to jump out of the way and I was going to fall over a box or something. It wasn't a big deal, but they said, "Do you want a stunt double?" I went, "Yes, I do. I want a stunt double." <laughs> Meanwhile, another yeah. movie, you're falling off of buildings or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. meanwhile, you had to go over Deep Space Einstein yeah. and do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, that, so that's, I know you've talked about this before. Another, so you were doing Deep Space Nine and B5 at yes. the same time. And, and, you know, it's funny as a fan of the shows, I never really thought of a rivalry between the two. I just enjoyed both shows. Yeah, me know? neither. To I me, didn't it think didn't about really. It. Oh, I like this one better. This one, and I, but I know that you. Were, I think you had said at one time that the Deep Space Nine people kind of felt more animosity towards the B five is not so much the other way around. Right. I don't think <laughs> a lot of people. I just thought everybody sort of knew the story because uh, I didn't think it was like a big secret or anything that that Paramount had the Babylon Five Bible for well over a year before they produced, and they gave it back to Joe Straczynski saying, "Yeah, we don't want to produce this show." and Lo and behold, they come out. They, they come out with Deep Space Nine. Wow, that, they didn't even bother to change the name all that much. And there's <laughs> characters that the, the names are almost exactly the same, maybe spelled a little differently. And it's just, it's just really kind of funny. Although they do turn out to be very different shows, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. So it's, it's not like you can't enjoy both shows. So that part of the rivalry, I don't get. Um, and, and we, you know, honestly, when we're on, when we were working. I think everybody was just working so hard. You don't think about it too much. But I did hear more about it on the Deep Space Nine set. Babylon 5 didn't even register. We were just fighting for survival. You know, we were just, nobody was even talking about Deep Space Nine. Right. You're just hoping you get picked we're up just for another to get, year. Oh, yeah. my God. You know, yeah. there's no money. But I, yeah. I did say the, the funny comparison to me is over on Paramount. You know, we're on this world-class lot, film lot. We, we've got a gym. We have restaurants. You know, there's these beautiful sound stages. There's this history. The sets are incredible. You go to Babylon five we're working in an old warehouse next to the orange bang building and and uh, and a, um a recycling dump i'm not kidding you oh no and inside and with the, the 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 sets are held together with you know they're made of uh, egg cartons and duct tape and spray paint we're just buried <laughs> it's like don't touch anything nobody touch anything <laughs> well, um it's just because we're both pretty good friends with mike and denise okuda and and Doug Drexler, who were the in the art department on DF, well, from TNG all the way through Enterprise on TNG. Right, right, right. I don't know if you know them, knew them or not, not because I don't know. But... Yeah, so so it's interesting because yeah. we got a lot of stories from them on those shows. You know, things that were happening in the background and little things they did. So we have so much background on Star Trek. You know, of what was going yeah. on. We don't hear what happened on Babylon Five. Well, yeah, I'm yeah. hoping. So do you mind if I drop this in because I, I I'm working Please. on. I've got an event on March 20th uh, and I'm inviting the, the crew to come and talk about those behind the scenes stories of Babylon 5. So I'm hoping that would be great. So yeah. Cool. We can yeah, scoop. This, this is on, well, we can, if you want to look for it now, it's b5events.com. And we will put that link on our Facebook. <gasps> we'll tweet it and put it everywhere. Yeah. We'll put yeah. that link on our Absolutely. Facebook page. So, so yeah, guys, if you're looking for that, start there and we'll keep you posted. Okay. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Thanks, Mary Beth. I appreciate it. Right yeah. now, we're we're talking about Gigi Edgeley. She's coming February twentieth. Farscape uh, guys, if you're a yeah, Farscape, Farscape fan, another, such Gigi a great show. played Chiana, yeah, and she was awesome. Hilarious. Yeah, that was another really brilliant show. Um, I like oh, it was so, so different, good. you know, so than different. what we had seen before, and and not only the visuals of it, but the you know just the whole storyline of it was was really kind of unique in a right. lot of ways. So, uh, it, she was brilliant. The you chat know, is going know. crazy. Christopher okay. is saying that they're enjoying rewatching the B5. Uh, just got released on re-released, remastered on HBO Max. So if right. you guys are looking for B5, that's where you can find it. Aldo says hello from Mexico, and he says that he loves the small but unforgettable part um, in Army of Darkness. And okay. uh, <laughs> guys, I've been watching. If you remember, there was a pit 
and there was a witch down in the pit. And no, she, no, I'm not the pit monster. You're the pit witch. No, she's the witch. Yes. You're the witch. You're the witch. I'm stirring so the cauldron. People, yeah. Oh, you're stirring the cauldron. So many people have been going, ask her what it was like to beat up Bruce Campbell. And I was like, yeah, I guess you did. Did you beat up Bruce Campbell? I did. I had a big battle with Bruce. That's right. He, he shot yeah. me like 17 times by, before I died. <laughs> and uh, so we were so tired by the end of that day. That was, that was, I, I love Bruce. I've known him since I was in college. He married a sorority sister of mine, um, his first wife, and uh, Sam Raimi. We all grew up in the Midwest, so we're kind of aware of each other. And uh, I loved these guys, the, but the work was very, very hard. And I really admire Sam and Bruce with their just their how upbeat and how they just kept going. It was the situation was pretty grueling. Um, for me, I was in extensive the most extensive makeup I've ever had to wear. And I was in it for like 17 hours, including contact lenses. I, I mean, my hands were covered. I had a hump. It was uncomfortable beyond belief. And, um, and I couldn't even pee. I mean, I was stuck in this <laughs> costume and my hands and nails like this broken shaggy witch nails. I couldn't, I couldn't do any, it was horrible. And this, <laughs> and, you know, it took guys like holding me down to shove these contact lenses back in my face. And oh, so it's, this then was, they squib me up. This, yeah. So this was acting and stunt work yeah, at this, yeah. in, in, in full regalia. Yeah. That sounds like easily the, cause I, I, was, I was asking worst. you about, um, I was asking you about stunt work and I was, I had admitted to you that um, even though I know it's choreographed and you have all kinds of safety equipment, I still get scared. And then I kind of realized after I asked the, asked the question, I'm like, oh, and she has to act too on top of that. <laughs> it sounds but, impossible. Yeah, it was, uh, we were trying to figure out how to make the, the thing wrap up because um, he keeps shooting me and he's doing all these cool ways of shooting me and, you know, just blasting me away. I'm a supernatural creature. So how does that finally end? And by the end, honestly, we're also exhausted. Um, Sam just said, um, you know, die somehow, just die the best way you can. And I couldn't see out of these contact lenses. I could feel the squibs go off on my body. And so I kind of reacted as I felt it. And the last thing blew on me and I just, fell forward on my face because I really couldn't think of anything else. I just don't like <laughs> kind of thing. And when I got a phone call back and this is back when, you know, cell phones were the size of a Kleenex box. Right, right, right. Huge, right? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, that was the best. You were the best monster ever. <laughs> it, was, it was so great. And I wish I could have kept that message, you know, oh my God, from Despite those guys. Despite the hardship of the costume, it seemed like it might have been a fun set. Was it a fairly amicable bunch to work oh, with? Oh, yeah, yeah, no? yeah. Everybody's great. But it honestly, it, um, it, there wasn't a lot of laughs. You know, we were working you were hard. Working. You were working, working hard. Yeah. And, we we and actually, we did that. We did that no movie comfort. a while back. And, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. And yeah, went over that, 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 some of the shooting, you know, we knew, you know, our research and stuff. Right. The funny thing about that movie is Mary Beth had never seen it. No. So we did a, we did so a thing called me Make Me Watch. <laughs> I watched so it. So we awesome. and another yeah, fellow who came on the show made Mary Beth watch Army of Darkness because I'd seen it when it came out in the 90s. And, you know, and she was worried that it was a scary movie. I know. Well, even the first one, <laughs> the first one was so scary that I, you know, yeah. I wouldn't have watched yeah, another the one of those. One was, yeah. It still yeah. had a certain camp to it, but you're right. It was much more, it was much more horror based. Oh, than yeah, Army of Darkness yeah. was much more tongue in cheek. Oh, uh, that let, they let sort of Bruce and Sam run with it. It was, yeah. that was, yeah. 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 I love Bruce yeah. as an actor. I mean, I loved him in, in all the stuff he's done since. I mean, he's always, he just, oh, I don't know what it is. He's, he's so good. Always, yeah. <laughs> so, so for our viewers, yes. um, viewers or guys on Facebook, um, Avery Adair was kind enough to put B5 link. So if you guys scroll back in the chat, the link is there if you want to, if you want to. We'll have it on our page. Uh, and we will have it on our page too. So. Um, and Claire, now Claire is asking, was wasn't the army of the undead in the army of darkness modeled on Pat? Yes. 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 <laughs> so I was, um, I was starving and I needed work and I had these friends named Greg Nicotero and Howard Berger. And, uh, 
Bob Kurtzman. So I said, um, you guys, I need some work. You have any ideas, you, you know, anyone doing anything that I could, you know, get a day player on or something. And he, they said, well, we're doing this thing called Army of Darkness, but we, we need somebody to, to model the, the skeleton, the army on. So if you come in, we're going to cast your entire body. It means being in a, a cast oh, for body can, yeah. a day. It's like a lot of work. So anyway, I said, yes, whatever it takes. <laughs> and I show up and I, I was really thin in those days. So they just, they cast my body and they built the, they built the deadites on my body. Um, and then they were able to kind of slide me in there uh, to be in the army, uh, which was amazing. You know, so the stunt coordinator had to work with me. I hadn't worked with him before. He didn't know me. He was a little resentful. He was hiring all men. And he was like, why am I hiring this chick? You know, <laughs> of course, I, I earned it anyway. Yes, you and did. then and then I auditioned for Rob Tapper to be the witch I had. To, but they helped me get that audition. Greg Nicotero and and Howard. Well, after, so, after lending yeah. your body, I would have thought you'd have sent a shoe in. <laughs> right. Nothing, nothing in Hollywood is easy. Nothing in Hollywood right. is easy. Nothing. So, yeah. so how did, I mean, I guess, I don't, how did you go? Did you start out in stunts and then go to acting no. or was it kind of paralleled or? I've been acting since I was 15 professionally. So you started out acting and then, I so started then how, out did, acting. how did the stunts come into it? I fell into it. <laughs> but um, bum. oh good <laughs> uh i i was in, in living in new york city and i was taking uh period sword technique classes because nerd and <laughs> i met some people who were who were stunt people i had no idea what that meant um uh, in the class and i really didn't pay any attention didn't mean anything to me uh and after some weeks or a month i don't remember um one of the guys came up to me and said, you know, I'm a stunt coordinator for the soap opera and I need someone five foot nine with red hair to fall down some stairs. Would you do it? And I was like, okay. Yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> you know I just thought it's money. Okay. You know, and I, uh, I was working part time in the Macy's little girls department. I mean, I was happy to have another source of income. So I go to the set, they put me in lingerie because of course all women in peril are wearing nothing, if you notice, especially in the 90s. And uh, um, so I fall down the stairs and I get banged up, but it was fine and the director said, that was awesome, can you make it funny? And I was like, okay. So I, <laughs> I, I fall down really in a pass over teacups and, and, and they, well, they all cracked up and I made 1200 bucks. I, that was like a month's worth of wages for me. So yeah. I was like, I say to the stunt coordinator, um, got any more of this? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I can do this again. Yeah. I can do that again. So they just started to train me and take me take me under their wing. And I met more and more some people. I was a really good size to, to double a lot of actresses, being tall and skinny in those days. And you never worried about getting hurt or anything? No. What would be what would you say the most dangerous one you ever did? So there's a couple different ways you look at this. <laughs> uh, the the bigger jobs, the bigger ones like hanging off of a wire, which if the wire broke you'd die. I mean, you know, they're those are seriously dangerous stunts, but there's so much safety involved. Everyone's paying such attention to making sure you don't die. Um, there's the smaller stunts where you might be only falling 15 feet, but if you land wrong, you'll break your neck. And those, it's only, it's like 15 feet. Who cares? You're not, you know, yeah. not that big. It's not that big a deal. But so, you know, it's like that you have to be so careful on every job and it's a discipline to think about it. So, uh, but I, that's my take on it from what I've, in my, my experience over the decades. But for me, the hardest jobs were anything that involved being higher up. I, I just, my knees just buckle. I have the hardest time with that. And I felt like every other job was a high fall. It was like, oh, it's so, it's high. Let's give it to Pat. Leave me going, I'd be sick about it until I just like days before I'm like, oh my God. What? And I had so many of those kinds of jobs, jumping off cliffs, jumping off buildings you know, falling on a wire, just like, oh, even on Deep Space Nine, I had to, to fall off a cliff on the soundstage 
for for um, Nana visitor, but and it was just a drop. But that's one of those cases actually where this was a a, a kind of a really fortuitous experience. I um, I was supposed to as Nana's character, Major Kira. I fall, but catch myself and pull myself back up. And in real life, that is extraordinarily difficult to do, unless you're, you know, male and in good shape and really aware, you know, mm. to actually catch yourself on the edge of something and be able to pull yourself back up is not easy. So we wired, I was wired in a harness. And when I fell, the wire caught my weight. And so I could look like I caught myself and then pull myself back up. We put boxes down to protect me in case anything that, because our stunt coordinator was so good, he just wanted to make sure I'd be safe. And then we had a stuntman, Broadway Joe Murphy, standing there as safety. So we do the stunt, I fall, the wire breaks. I really do fall. I'm gonna land either straight on my feet, which could break my back, or like this, which could break my upper back. And Broadway Joe hits my feet out from under me. So I land flat on those boxes because it was a very short fall. It was 11, 12 feet. I had no time to maneuver my body. So he did it for me and I was fine. I landed, I was safe. And we shot it again and it was fine. So not too long afterwards, a week or two, I have another job down in Palos Verdes. I'm 320 feet in the air on a tower Jeez. and they put two wires on me. And I said, I want three. I want another wire on me because I'm doing the exact same thing. I'm slipping. I'm falling. Catch myself. The bad guy's trying to knock me off. I'm doubling Tracy Lords, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I love her. And uh, yeah, and, and two out of those three wires broke. Wow. But if I hadn't been on Deep Space Nine and had that experience, I wouldn't have thought that I would have needed more two, than two wires. Two of them broke. 320 that, feet up. Yeah, that, that, that's that incredible. Like, that's well, my, my thinking yeah. is that the wires would be over the, over, one wire would be more than enough, you know, that they would be overkill strength-wise for, for what they're meant to be yeah. used for. And the fact that they broke, it's kind of scary. It's, it's you know, um, you know it's, it's really a thing. It's, uh, they, when, they're, when they're doing high falls, the guys would by hand hold the wire as it be, it's being coiled onto the drum and hold it and just look and feel it. So they could feel if anything is frayed or broken and it's rolled on a big drum to keep it smooth so nothing sure. will break. Yeah, so but it's, yeah, yeah. they do, they, yeah. they break. Wow. Evidently. That's crazy. That's so crazy. But Every, I never would have thought Everyone is reacting that. to that story. Everyone's like, oh my God. Yeah, like, oh my god. I was then, I was so shaken by it. We were I'm taking the elevator down the tower. I'm like sitting on the floor of the elevator. Oh, oh I would be too. Oh, I'd be a, a stiff drink after that I'm one. Never right? doing this again. Never <laughs> doing this again. They have like a they have like a shot for you when you came down. <laughs> yeah. So so the other thing I was looking, I noticed a lot you've done a lot of science fiction and horror, obviously. Um and you've done some, you know, regular like crime crime shows and stuff. Do you have a preference? Do you like doing the science fiction it's stuff more than the regular standard? It's not easier, but I think it's a lot more fun. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. I just think it's awesome. I do love murder mysteries though. I mean, women are always in peril, no matter what. Seems like women are the victims. So I, I end up working a lot and I'm grateful for all of it. Um I did, one of my favorite jobs, though, if I can say, was one of the best jobs ever. I was working for, I was stunt doubling for um, Angela Lansbury on The Celtic Riddle, which was a, a, a movie of the week for her character for, um, oh, help me out. Murder, um, She Wrote? Yes, Murder, Murder She Wrote. wrote. Yeah. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. uh, I remembered Celtic Riddle. I couldn't get Murder, She Wrote. Anyway, I, I adore Angela Lansbury. She's an icon to me, not only for... Um, her series, but really for her stage work, you know, as a Broadway star and old movies. I'm a huge fan of old movies. Anyway, I got to be her stunt double. And all I had to do was like run out in front of a car going, stop. It's the best job ever <laughs> because she's elderly and they don't going to put her in, you know, they're not going to put her character into any big thing. It's a real danger. Yeah. I think I got to hit a bad guy with her purse too. I had to hit a bad guy with her purse and I swung and hit this guy, hit the stunt guy and Angela starts laughing and she goes, Pat, 
<laughs> I, I, you look like a stunt woman. Can you make it look, you know, like an old lady? <laughs> like, an, like an old lady. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, got it. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Poor sweet thing. So, so I was just looking because I have a pair of shoes that I, I I asked them and I had to fill out a requisition slip and everything, but I wanted to keep the stunt shoes that I wore for her. Because I just want, it's just a piece of the, of her. Piece for me, of her you know? she wrote, yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah. Oh, Angela's, yeah. She's awesome. Just classy Avery, and yeah. Avery's saying, I noticed the, he's noticing pleasure thresholds book in the background. Do you oh, yeah. <laughs> so let's remind everyone that there is a new edition out. Um, and it has more juicy tidbits and more go. new pictures. So guys, <laughs> if you don't already have it, or even if you do already have it, get the new edition because it's got Thank more you. stuff in it. More stuff, more stuff. And it's uh, it's about those five years I was shooting Babylon 5 and doing the Star Trek shows and everything in between Jurassic Park. Uh, and you can get it at b5events.com store. So it's on the in the store tab. Yeah. Right. Thank you so much for mentioning it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm very, I'm very Thank excited you, Avery, for noticing. Yeah. Avery is amazing. And I, um, I'm autographing these because, uh, I'm home and I'm shipping these from home. So COVID. So what now I am autographing them. Eventually it'll just be for sale on Amazon and yes. I won't come autograph. So if you want it autograph, get it now while so we're still in lockdown. Bring, oh, and Avery put it up. Avery put the link. Thank you, Avery. Thank you, Avery. Uh, that kind of brings me to my next question. Our friend Bruce from Ottawa asked, um, what were you doing before the pandemic and what are you doing now during the pandemic? And oh. we did kind of touch on B5, but I know you had some really special things going on before well, the pandemic. I'm hoping you come with me, Mary Beth, because we were yes, talking I about this. Yes, I want to. I we want are, to. I, I, um, I was trying to recreate myself and... Uh, I, I came up with this. What I really love is traveling. I love hanging out someplace, but I, I, I want to do it in a very particular way. When I travel, I don't know about you guys, but I want to really feel like I've experienced the place. And I, um, when I went through a really hard time in my life, 2011, 2012, I, 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 when I re was rebuilding my life, I, I just sort of felt like I was finding the magic again through the help of all these teachers. And I thought, I want to bring that magic into traveling, into my nerd self and community. And that just became kind of this Venn diagram and the center becoming quest retreats. So I started this travel business and it's all about going to places that I'm excited about. And I want to, I want to bring that magic in for other people. One of my superpowers is taking care of people and making things fun and special. So I thought this is a great place to put that uh surprising people you know over delivering making it amazing um breaking in when it's when it's when applicable and, and it works i could uh invite other actors in like when i took um a, a group to new zealand we did a whole lord of the rings thing and mm -hmm. i brought uh, one of the guys who played one of the dwarves and he was also in all of the lord of the rings movies he's been in all six of those movies lord of the rings and the hobbit and I brought him to spend a day with us. Oh, it that was such so cool. a blast. We had so much fun because he's amazing. Jed Brophy. Wow. So that kind of thing, wherever I can, I just want to raise it up to, you, you can't do this with anybody else. This yeah. is not going to so, happen any other way. So, so to give folks an idea, the one that kind of lit me up was, and I believe you're planning this before the pandemic. So I don't think you actually went, but you were planning on the website. It says Scotland. Right. And probably other points in Britain, but Scotland. Right. And she was going to check out stuff, uh, places where they did Highlander, places where they did Outlander, places where they did Harry Potter, like all that kind of stuff. And yes. my, I just was like, like yeah. that's right up my alley. Nirvana. Yeah. Nerd I love I love all yeah. kind of things, uh, magical, spooky, you know, yes. the haunted stuff is fun. Uh, and I'm a history nerd. So all this stuff, but making it fun. And again, it's not like you're walking around on a tour because anyone can do that. But we right. want to go and hang out or we want to go and know that we want to know the real scoop. And then we want to go and experience it as much as you can. So that's yes. So I was actually in Scotland when the scouting this all out and figuring it out when the pandemic hit um, and my flight got canceled. So my fiance and I ended up staying in Scotland just 
trying to figure out where to go because all the hotels had shut, but we couldn't get home because they'd shut all the flights. So <laughs> we, it was actually wonderful. We figured it out, Airbnb, thank you. You know, the, we found a way to make it work. Uh, and it was remarkable. And I can't wait to take a group to Scotland. Can't wait. How long, how long did you get stuck in Scotland before you we were, were there? About it. six weeks total. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's wow. Yeah. yeah. I was in the UK and, and Scotland, but yeah. Right. So, yeah. That's how I, I want to, I want to take my time when we do these things and uh, getting older, you know, I don't have, I don't feel like I have as much time to waste. So I want to experience stuff and feel like I have more life in my life than work in my life. Yeah, and I even understand that. I want the work to feel like life and play and joy. And I don't yeah. mind if it, if it takes a lot out of me, I don't mind as long as it's going that way, as opposed to working for somebody else. I don't know. Spreadsheets. No. Yeah. I can't. Uh. <laughs> yeah. So working towards quality of life. Sure. Oh yeah. Sure. I understand. Yeah. yeah. When I, I mean, when every time I get to travel, I like to do, I like history too. So if I can work that in, you know, yeah. you know, especially, you know, America, even just around the U S it's like, there's, yeah. so much, there's so much, Luckily, in, here in the Northeast, I mean, in New England being, you know, kind of the birthplace of the United States in a way, yeah. there's so much history in, in the area that, you know, we don't have to go very far if yeah. you want to, if you want to go down to Boston and do the, do the, uh, what do they call that? The, um, not the Liberty I Tour, know what you do they mean, call yeah, it? The, 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 the walk, the, they walk around the yeah, city and takes you to all the, all takes that. you to like the North Church and the U.S. Constitution uh, wow. and all those places. Sue, what's that called? I yeah, somebody know. tell me, oh, yeah. I can't think of what it's called. But there's a whole path that's actually in the sidewalk. Yeah, you can walk follow. the city. Yeah, I love that stuff. Yeah. So when we're in London, I, Freedom I, Trail. Freedom Thank Trail. You, Freedom Thank Trail. you, Liz. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Liz earlier asked. Um, Liz is Rizzo's wife. Uh, Liz asked, "Did you ever work with animals?" With Mark Hamill? No. No, with an with animals. Oh yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, I, I heard Hamill. Sorry. No, um, sorry. Did you work with Mark? Hamill? Did you work with Mark Hamill? I, that be I'm amazing, really yeah. interested in that too. <laughs> he has I the best tweets, by the way. If anybody follows, he's amazing. He, he is has amazing. The best tweets. Um, I worked with. Um, I, I did a a TV series called Sheena, Queen of the Jungle, and I was like the bad guy of the week. I was an evil shamaness, and. Uh, my my henchman was uh, this. He was actually a lovely guy, but he was a like, bald and tattooed and biker dude, really tough guy. And um, there was a chimp. So Louie was the chimp's name, and the chimp was kind of like my familiar, my pet, oh, little yeah. my little guy. But you know, chimps are are powerful, and so his trainer was was. Um, really kind of rough with Louie, which bothered me. But I also understood when the trainer was explaining to me, you know, I have to be the alpha chimp, you know, otherwise Louie could actually tear me limb from limb. He's way stronger than any one man. So I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, keep control of Louie, that'd be good. <laughs> Louie got a lot more respect all of a sudden. <laughs> no, I'm holding Louie. Louie at one point jumps up into my arms and he's, oh, 70 80 pounds it's you know i could manage it but I, i'm glad i didn't have to walk around with him but i was like oh hi and so i have a scoop neck um dress long flowing dress on and louis had a handful of his kibble which was like cheerios and um peanuts and other things that that kept him happy so he was he had been eating his kibble then he jumped up in my dress and he started putting it in my top <laughs> down in my cleavage and and the 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 crew the director didn't see this happening he just thought we were ready to go so he said action and i'm like ah uh, and i start saying my lines and louis starts to eat the kibble out of my cleavage he's taking it out of my cleavage eating it oh, and louis. i tried to say my lines just like, <laughs> finally somebody noticed and goes oh um cut. okay all right. Get, then, then the guy is telling me the animal trainer is saying uh, we have they had a leopard in a cage, so he was like we were we were illegally dealing with animals or something. And he said, now when you you know there 
when you walk near the cage, he's got a six foot reach. So stay clear. Wait, he can reach like through the cage, through the bars? He yeah, he could reach. They are so limber and just, whoosh. he can get you. And on my, my dress, I had little bits of rabbit fur on it. So they, as decoration, there were shells and <laughs> So fur. that wasn't tempting. And I'm thinking, yeah. Kind of. You just like the meal with a juicy center there, kind yeah. of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't this believe This is not working out well for me, you know. <laughs> Well, they say, no, don't work with kids and animals. Well, that was it. That was it. W.C. Fields is okay. I should listen to work with... You know, I, I worked in broadcasting and television production for 23 years, and he's right. Because I'm pretty cool. <laughs> and anytime we... Although the animals, I'd take animals over children any day. Well, but, I, I, absolutely, <laughs> I, I adore animals, so I'm fast. I'm, I'm really... A lot of Actually, it's the stage moms that are worse than the kids. Oh, I bet. That could instances. be true. Yeah. yeah that, so, that could be um, true. We had to throw a few out. Yep. Offset. Nope. I've, one I've of, heard one of them decided to take in the middle of shooting. <laughs> not that anybody wants to hear my stories, but I'll tell you. In the middle of shooting, this one woman pulls out a camera and starts taking pictures with a flash. Oh, no. In the middle of shooting, we're like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, out. Oh, <laughs> you know? my God. Yeah, she got stuck in the green room for the rest of the day. Oh, God. So. Yeah, no flash yeah. in the middle of shooting. <laughs> yeah, it was like you're ruining the whole thing. It's this flash. Kept... <laughs> Time is money, people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that was and that was a horrible production to begin with, so I won't go into people it. People are reacting. <laughs> to the the great thing about the, the horrible things is it makes you really appreciate the really nice ones. Oh yeah, absolutely. I had some great great experiences. Yeah. Kind of brings me to Bruce's question. Bruce, same Bruce from Ottawa, wanted to know, and we kind of touched on this, but which is a harder working environment: serious shows or spoofs or comedies? I think it's a, I, I really don't know that the, that matters. Bruce, it's such a good question because you would think that the comedies would be all lighthearted, lots of laughs in the set, but comedy is actually, you've heard this before, it's a cliche. It's serious business. Comedy's hard. Comedy's and hard. So there's a focus that has to happen. Uh, we watch the outtakes. We just think, oh my God, they must be having so much fun. I did, uh, I did both Austin, the first two Austin Powers movies. Um, Work, I got to work with Mike Myers, which was really an honor because I think he is enormously talented. And I, I, I'm not kidding. I, I've never seen anyone work harder in my life. He, when, when he was a character, he'd totally be Austin. Or if he's Dr. Evil, he's totally Dr. Evil. And, and he's, he's backstage, backstage as it were, or off camera, just you know, focused and, and working. And then he's on the set. And the crew is trying so hard not to laugh because he's brilliant. He's brilliant. And they but would he's, shoot. He's oh, he's so focused. So he would shoot his first, the first of what they call the master shots, right? The big, big shots. He'd shoot that as written. And everybody, his, his, um, his close cohorts, uh, which were, uh, um, uh, oh my God, help me with the, with the names. Who, the, bring it, it sucks. Who it was she? What was her name? She's so uh, funny, right? Oh, I don't know oh, the actress. Oh, oh I know her so well. Carol Kane? Um, no, 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 no. Um, I know what she's talking about. I can't think of the actress's name. Frau. She played Frau. Frau, oh, not Frau. Yeah, not Frau. But that was from Frau. wrong movie. No. Um, wrong. Okay. Hang on, I'm gonna look it up. But her name is Frau. <laughs> Sorry. And, and um, uh, Robert Wagner and Seth Green. You know, everyone who played those regular oh, characters. Yes, they, the they. They would uh, uh, they would riff with him. So once they did the, they got down the the main scene. They could get the, that master shot done. Then then all bets are off. And now Mike's just gonna Mike is gonna let it rip and let it fly out. So whatever happens happens, and he's just gonna vamp and, and just have a great time. And those actors watching those actors hang in there with him is amazing. Because the crew is peeing, they're laughing so hard and trying to be quiet. But the but the actors on set can't be, you know, and they've yeah, got to yeah. also respond. Yeah. When Mindy he's Sterling. A Mindy Sterling. Thank Mindy, you yeah. so much. Al and thank you, Bruce. Yeah, yeah. Mindy Sterling. So they're yeah. so so good. So uh, so much um, respect there. That and I've been on serious shows. I mean, like Babylon Five. We had some fun, but the, it's a serious show. It was a drama, and uh, the, the the lightheartedness on set was amazing. Not that we weren't trying to get shit done, because you are, but we had the amazing John Flynn, who is our, our director of photography. And 
And he just had this lovely sense of humor and uh, had complete respect of his crew. So it just, again, chemistry. You just can't predict that stuff. Was and there, is there one director people. in particular that you, st stands out to you as far as, or you really enjoyed working with? As well? I loved working with Tony Dow. Um, he really was like everyone's big brother. You know, he just is really, really a, a, a sweet, competent. Um, and one of the nicest things about him is that he can be very specific, but he also trusts the actor and he lets you feel like you're trusted, which makes you want to live up to that. Right. So it just kind of makes everybody raise up. There's a very right. famous director who got fired off our set. And um, I can't say the name because I don't want to start that whole thing. But um, he was never asked back. He was such a dick. And and wow. everyone was like. I, I don't care what your name is, you know, you don't, you don't treat people like that. Right. No, you know? I, I, yeah. again, working in, wow. the, in, in the industry yeah. that I did, it was the same kind of thing. We had uh, a, one director that was, and I actually ended up being AD on this particular show. And um, this guy just, he, he, I always felt he, there was a, there was a direct correlation of competence versus their anger. Like if they were always yelling at people that they really were covering up for some shortcomings of their own. Yeah, like, wow. <laughs> well, I, you know, you're probably right, Mike. You're probably right. Though, so, I mean, I remember the, 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 uh, the script supervisor on that shoot um, was a good friend of mine. And I remember we, I caught her one time when she was taking the green room alone and she's literally in tears. And I'm like, <gasps> what is going on? And, and, and I was AD and she's like, I'm trying to do my job. I'm telling him he's shooting. It's incorrect what he's doing because it's not following, you know, going to match. And he's yelling at me just to sit down and be quiet. And I'm like, well, I don't know what yeah, to, she was like ready to quit. She was like they, ready to see, quit. And just for you kids at home, uh, the script supervisor is not only answerable to the director, but to the whole camera department and the producers. So if, right. if something yeah. isn't being done right, yeah. she's going to get her ass yeah. chewed out. Oh, and I've been asked to do it, and I said, no way, I'm not oh, doing no, it, because she, it's a hard job. Supervisor it's hard so much. Script supervisor wears a lot of hats. She's supposed to be on the script, but you know she needs to catch a little continuity thing. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes little sure wardrobe things, sometimes little, like, all those little things, scripty catches that the other guys don't get. All right. I just had to yell at <laughs> actors and camera operators. Um, kind of as a follow-up <laughs> kind of follow to that question, Dennis Hoxton from Brantford, Ontario wants to know, did you ever want to write, produce, or direct? No. No. No to all three. No to all three. Wow. Yeah, no, no. I thought for sure you'd say, well, yeah, maybe I produced this or I produced that. Wow. I've helped. Uh, I've done, I've produced some of my own projects as far as uh, it went, I, I helped run a small studio. Uh, here's why. It it, it it really doesn't come down to the hard work. I'm willing to work hard. It's just, it you know, you've got people half your age deciding your fate. A lot and of times, yeah. I'm not interested in that. Just not. It's just, it's, it's so arbitrary, the decisions that come from other people. So nowadays we do have the opportunity to do your own projects we have all the technology we need it's incredible so all you need is a few other hands and you can create your own movie that wasn't the case when i was you know younger and in the biz so um yeah no mm -mm. it's it wasn't to me a puzzle that could be put together uh, easily or well, people are always taking your pieces. <laughs> and oh, going, great oh, there! Now analogy. you can do that. I'm going to take 25% of all your pieces. Now make the picture. I'm like, oh, great man. analogy. <laughs> oh, great answer. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah uh -uh. All right. As yeah. we as we do come up on the eight o'clock hour here, I got a couple more questions. One from Sue and one from Liz. Liz is, what's the part that got away? Is there a part that got away? The part you wish you could have gotten. Oh, there's a lot of parts I wish I could have gotten. There's always good. If you audition I, a bunch, there's always the part. I yeah, I don't know. I don't think there's anything that sticks out. Had I auditioned for something in Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings, I could say, oh, my God, I would have cut my arm off to do that. No, it's a terrible thing to say. I, anything to have been on a project like that, Game of Thrones. But I was never in the running for any of that. So yeah, didn't get away, did it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm a nerd. I would love to be in any of the shows that, that we nerds love. But I never got a chance to do it except for I, I think got you should, Babylon you, should, you know Zeth McFarlane, you need to be on the Orville. 
I, I, I don't know him. No, no. Oh, I don't know him. okay. I mean, I just think you should, because of all your, you've been on Babylon 5, you've been on all the Star, 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 Star Trek, Trek, you need to be on the Orville. Make it a, yeah, just even if you're just crewman number five in the background. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to Doug that. Judge. <laughs> That's right. We know somebody that. that works on that show. We we'll like put, your word, we'll put a word in. So surely that'll. <laughs> yeah. All right. Sue is saying she's going to bring us back to Babylon here. She is saying, I just rewatched Between the Darkness and the Light. And I wanted to ask if it was your acting choice to have Lita talk to herself which was totally brilliant and funny as an insight, um, just as an insight as to what was, what was going on with you for that scene. Oh, that's so interesting. I don't really remember. I would assume that, it, that some of that was in the script because we weren't allowed to riff on the script. Uh, it, does that make sense? Do I need to say that differently? We weren't allowed to play with the words. We weren't allowed right. to make a different choice. Um, there, Joe had a very specific diagram for how these five years were laid out and we were not to mess with it. So uh, I doubt I, I did anything too extreme. I don't really remember, but thank you. I mean, yeah, I assume that, yeah, and I, um, I'm old, but I, I do think that, that uh, uh, Joe really wrote so beautifully, not only for his own purposes and his vision for the show, but he took, he really took his actors into consideration and he gave us stuff that suited us and he would see things in you and then try to bring it out. So he did that for everybody. You know, that was just one of his gifts. That's great. So, sense? yeah, yeah, okay, very good. Yeah. I don't know. Do we have any more questions or? Uh, no, just people saying how awesome this is and why Aww. can't you be on Doctor Who? <laughs> <laughs> because it's that easy to just go get. I know. Right. I, uh, I'm up. I, say, I'm 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 ready to come on the show. Yeah, if you guys know uh, <laughs> those people, just you know, tell them, let them know. Doctor Who, awesome. I don't think we have any connections there. No, but no, no connections with the BBC. There. Maybe somebody watching <laughs> does, but no connections to the BBC. Oh, so, I know. Um, I would love it. I, I enjoy all those shows. Uh, all the, you know, Doctor Who's a very special place. I've been heart. saying we're living in a great time for science oh, fiction. There's been a lot of stuff, right great now, stuff coming yes. out. It's just been, you know, between Marvel Universe and Star Trek oh, I know. And, and all the other things that are going on, Orville and all these other shows. Uh, you know, nerds rule. It is. It is. These nerds are becoming. It's. We're finally cool. We're, we're finally cool. cool. <laughs> it took a long time. Bruce Playfair is hoping that you will come up to the Great White North of Canada once uh, conventions start up again. I'm hoping you'll come up to the Northeast once conventions start again. I hope and, so too. Yeah. Just uh, you guys, you know, if you, everybody out there, um, if you have a convention in your area that you love, you get in touch with your convention promoters. You know, they always have email on their info on their websites and let them know who you want to see, whatever actor you want to see, me or anyone. And you say, we want to see this and they'll pay attention to you because it, they, they, you're the ticket buyer. Right. So you have some power, use it. Yeah. Use your mutant powers for good. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Do we want to pitch Roy before we go? Because we have a good uh, friend let, that doesn't. Well, let's a... let's oh. just cover oh, all of Miss Pat's stuff one last time. All right. I was going um, to allow her time to okay, give her pitch. Right. Okay. <laughs> oh, so then you just want me to hit Roy up real quick? Yeah, first. just, right, you know, get him Roy. out of the way. If you, yeah, get him out of the way. <laughs> if you guys are not watching our sister show, it's Roy's tie-dye sci-fi. And Roy covers the sci-fi of the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Um, this weekend on Friday, he is going to be covering 1960, 1978, The Fury. It's one of Brian De Palma's films. And on Sunday, he's taking Sunday off because it's Valentine's Day, guys. So no show on Sunday. So that's <laughs> all right. Yeah, so, okay. So yeah, now... Now, now, do you have let's, any last? I don't know if you want to pitch one more time, uh, Gigi, yes, or anything oh, else you got yeah, on. you guys, I would love this. So, b5events.com, and you can buy tickets for Gigi Edgley. The tickets are two prices right now, they go up on Saturday, so it's $29.95 99 for a general admission, goes up to $39.99. If you can't join live, 
buy the ticket anyway at the early bird price because it'll go up the replay goes up for sale at $39.99. So you'll get a discount and everybody gets a replay. So, uh, cause we know that we're in all different time zones. We want to make it available to everyone else. And Gigi's going to do a VIP party after the main event, only up to 20 people, small group in zoom like this. And we get to hang out with Gigi personally. One of, you can see her face. You can talk to her personally. I can make sure everybody gets time with her. Right. And we really, really appreciate your support. Thank Great. you. Yeah. And thank yeah. you, Avery. Avery put it up again. Gigi's awesome, you guys. She's so yeah. personable. She's so cool. And after Gigi, the next event is the Babylon. Babylon 5, um, the behind the scenes crew. The behind so. the scenes of Babylon. So yeah, yeah, guys, absolutely check that out. We're all in Zoom mode now, so it would be yeah. a great yeah. way. Yeah, and this is so way. I don't know how much longer we'll be doing things like this. I really hope you guys take advantage of it. Um, we we respond to your questions. You know, it's a it's a really cool thing, and uh, I mean, it's I know it's it's an, it's another place to spend money. But if you were to go to a convention, what would you be spending? Yeah, a lot more than so, twenty nine dollars. This is the comfort sure. of your own house. You can have a snack, right. and you can you can, yeah, like it's you like, can just yeah. you could be there in your underpants. <laughs> we you don't, don't have tell to us though we don't need to know if you're in your own right we will it's you can be all relaxed <laughs> no you don't want to know what half these guys are wearing right now so <laughs> <laughs> all right well Maybe once I again I, I thank you so much for for coming on the show uh, you're always welcome me. to come back at any thank time thank you all right um you know we're always here so uh Mary Beth, any last thoughts or? Uh, no last thoughts. Just thank you so much for coming. This show, should we say what we're doing next week or do we care? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Say what you're doing. Say what we're we doing. We are going to jump ourselves into a month of movies and TV shows from comic books. Perfect. And, then, and since it's since it's Black History Month, we're going to start off with Black Panther. Black Panther. Yeah. <laughs> Which All right. Oh, fantastic. Everyone, oh, everyone's saying thank you so much. This was super fun. Thank oh, you. Good. This was wonderful. A great yep. time. Thank you. Thank you. And just stay on one second after we're off because I want to ask you something. Okay. <laughs> Offline. Okay, okay <laughs> <So>. guys. <laughs> With that, <laughs> we will say good night. Thank right. you all. Good night, for everybody. Watching. Live thank long you. and prosper. Stay, stay safe, separated, and all that stuff. Good Wear night. your masks. Yep. <laughs>